Today's reading is taken from Philippians 1, chapter, sorry, chapter 1, verse 27 to 30. And this can be found on page 1178 in the Church Bibles. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way to those who oppose you. This is a sign to them, and they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now that I will have. Good morning and great to be with you. Um, Sorry I'm a bit overdressed, but um, my heart, I'm with you. Um, Thank you, Judith, for that very kind welcome. She asked me to sum my life up in one sentence. I can't tell you how difficult that was, but I followed the Apostle's example by including a lot of uh, little phrases to to add to it. Let's... um, Keep that passage open in front of us. I'm particularly glad because we are been working through um, in these mornings one of my favourite epistles, the letter to uh, the Philippians. We're going to be looking at that more closely in a moment, but let's remind ourselves of the context. The Apostle Paul had been prevented from carrying out his mission in Asia's wonderful story in Acts 16. And one night he had a vision of a man from Macedonia. And he understandably concluded that the Holy Spirit was calling him and his team over to Greece. Over there, perhaps he'd been a bit disappointed to find there was no synagogue, no gathering of men, Uh, So he goes out um, to the place of prayer and finds some women. And the first convert in our continent was a woman, Lydia, a businesswoman. And then there'd been some remarkable power encounters um, through the Holy Spirit and leading to the wonderful story of the deliverance from prison and the jail doors being blown off, um, but the conversion of the Philippian jailer. Now it's a few years later, Paul writes from prison in Ephesus to this young church in Philippi. And um, these young Christians were understandably concerned for Paul. They respected him enormously. They heard he was in prison. He was suffering, no doubt. Now, he himself was confident of God at work and trusting God for his future. 
Now he turns to how the church should respond. So let's pray for, for God to speak to us as the church here. Father, we do thank you for these verses. And we ask that you would speak to us through them this morning. Help us to hear what you want to say to us and stir our wills to do what you ask for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, maybe you're thinking it's all right for Paul. He was able to respond positively in the face of difficulties. I mean, he was an apostle. He had met with the risen Jesus in that dramatic conversion on the on the road to Damascus. He was used in signs and wonders. But what about the ordinary Christian in Philippi? What about the ordinary Christian in a church in Hove? How are they, how are we going to react to the storms of life? Well, look at verse 27. Whatever happens. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. I guess that many of us will be shaken this morning as we come to new, to church and are reminded or hear of the news about Camilla's death or Martin's or the others. And Paul says to you and me this morning, whatever happens. Maybe you've been troubled over the pandemic. It's affected you and those that you love badly. You're conscious of being more fearful. Paul says, whatever happens. Maybe you're struggling this morning with how an all-powerful God can allow this war in Ukraine to drag on and on. Paul says, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Wonderfully, as ever, Paul follows his exhortation with practical advice. And that's what I want to concentrate on and to draw out those three directions that he gives here. How are we to conduct ourselves in a, a manner worthy of such a wonderful gospel, whatever happens to us? Well, the first direction is that we do so by standing firm. Verse 27 again. Whether I come to you and see you or only hear about you, stand firm in the one spirit. Now, it's an interesting word that Paul uses there in the Greek. It's stekete. It's a military term describing how a Roman soldier particularly should stay in position when the enemy 
seems to be overwhelming. The picture is what's called a phalanx, as on the PowerPoint here. And as long as the soldiers stood firm, that phalanx was pretty well invincible. Paul must have had that picture in mind. He could have used a number of verbs. No doubt in prison he was aware of the Roman soldiers guarding him. And it's a reminder for all of us that the Christian is a soldier. This is not a game we're involved in. It's a battle. And often it can seem like the enemy is overwhelming. The temptation is, the pressure is to capitulate and to conform to the patterns of this world. Don't you feel that pressure in certain areas this morning? It's just too difficult to go on standing against the crowd. Where do you feel tempted to cave in to worldly thinking this morning? Is it, for example, standing by the Bible's views on sexuality? Everyone seems to be accepting a, a different way of thinking. Even your children don't seem to question the prevailing culture. Or perhaps you, you look at the Church of England and despair. So many factions, so many seeming to preach a different gospel, a decline in numbers, a shortage of leaders. It's hard to trust that an all-powerful God is still in charge. Whatever the particular pressure you feel this morning to conform to the world's way of thinking, don't surrender. Don't run away. Stand firm. The you here is plural. We're not just individuals fighting impossible odds on our own. We are the body of Christ. And that's why we need each other. And just stay in formation. Together, we can help each other stand firm. We need to comfort and take encouragement from one another. One of the things that has impressed me about BH over the years is the commitment to teams here. It's not a one-man band. People are encouraged to join teams to serve. Music team, welcome team, cameo team, youth team, alpha team, staff team, and many, many more. I do hope that you're part of a team in some way. In church, working with others to serve the kingdom, standing firm together. And that leads to Paul's second practical tip. 
we can conduct ourselves worthy of the gospel of Christ by striving together. Same verse, verse 27. Stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. You know, the phalanx was not just a defensive unit, it was also used in attack. In, in fact, it was by using this formation that Philip of Macedonia had conquered Philippi and uh, given the town his name. And then he gave them Roman citizenship. And in time, the Philippians were very proud of being Roman citizens. They had adopted many Roman customs. They spoke Latin. They wore Roman clothes. And Paul must have had that understanding of their pride in Roman citizenship when he was making this point. The use of the the word worthy in verse 27 has the connotations of citizenship. What he's saying, in effect, is conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of being citizens of the gospel. It's an idea that he develops more fully in, in this letter. So in chapter 3 and verse 20, he says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a saviour from there the Lord Jesus Christ. You Philippians would be very excited, wouldn't you? And on your best behavior, if you knew the Roman emperor himself was coming, how much more thrilled should we citizens of heaven, we the body of Christ in this place, be as we await the certain coming of our King Jesus. And so live a life worthy of his return. Again, the you is plural. We are to strive, yes, but not alone. Strive together. Now it's our turn. We are the body of Christ in, in Ho. We may be proud of our own nationality, but how much more privileged are we to be citizens of heaven from where we await our Savior? But we need each other. Together, we can help each other stand firm and the gospel will prevail and many will be one for Christ in the city of Brighton and Hove as we strive for his cause. Individual Christians need to work together, and the churches need to work together. We can't do it on our own. An individual Christian can't do it on their own. A particular church, even as wonderful as yours, can't do it alone. 
But together we can advance the gospel and one day every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Whatever happens, stand firm, strive together, and thirdly, suffer for Christ. Verse 29. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him but also to suffer for him. Maybe you're here this morning because you're considering the claims of Christianity. Maybe you're doing the present Alpha course and wondering about this person, Jesus. Who is he? Did he really rise from the dead? Maybe you're online wondering about the claims of this person. Well, he is the Son of God, and there are huge benefits in trusting him relationship with the living God, forgiveness for all our failures, purpose in life, the power of the Holy Spirit to help us, the sure and certain hope of the resurrection. There's a lot more. But it is also true that all followers of Jesus must expect some suffering. And don't fall for the lie or think that becoming a Christian, becoming a follower of this Jesus will solve every problem. That life becomes a bed of roses and all we do is experience peace and joy. The truth is that as well as that, there is suffering. In fact, becoming a Christian can lead to a great deal more difficulties than before. And in some parts of the world, it involves active persecution. We haven't reached that stage yet in the United Kingdom, but it may be coming closer. Certainly expect the scorn of many, perhaps even family. Expect the loss of some friends for sure just can't cope with your new views. Jesus himself was very upfront about the cost of following him. There's no small print in the contract he offers. If anyone would come after me, let them take up their own cross and follow me. But at least he practiced what he preached. We who've already trusted Jesus with our lives do no one any service by playing down the cost of following Christ. That is not the gospel that Paul preached, that the Bible teaches, or that we follow. We acknowledge 
the reality of suffering in a fallen world as part of the gospel and that it may increase. The difference is that we see it as a privilege. Verse 29. It has been granted to us. We follow a suffering saviour who knows all about pain, rejection and persecution. He was hounded to the cruel death of crucifixion. And when we experience suffering and rejection and scorn, our Lord understands. He empathizes and he draws close. I wonder if you've noticed the common theme in these practical directions that the Apostle gives. It's togetherness. We stand firm together. We strive together. And we suffer for Christ together. We're not alone. We are the body of Christ in this place. When one of us is in pain, we are all in pain. When one of us is struggling, we need the help of our brothers and sisters to keep striving. We can't possibly hope to advance the kingdom by ourselves. We need each other. So church is not an optional extra. It is essential to Christian life. Don't let the effects of the pandemic and Zoom rob you of your commitment and joy in meeting together. I do hope that as a result of that you are committed to a small group of some sort for Bible study, for prayer, to support and help each other in standing firm, to strive and share the the joys and pains, so that whatever happens, we may conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. You need to be accountable as well as receive support. And that's a a good question to ask ourselves daily and in every, every situation. Am I conducting myself at the moment in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ? It's a good question to ask our home group or service team regularly. Are we together conducting ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel? How good that we're coming together this morning. We're coming together for Holy Communion. We come together to remember Jesus' death for us so that we might be reconciled to God and 
and brought together with every former barrier broken down. Though we are many, we are one body. Let's stick together whatever happens.